Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDM Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives. We hope you enjoy the show. What is going on, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we are talking about something that was inspired by a recent experience that I had. And the experience that I had was my first time using a sleep tracker. Specifically, I was using, am using, the Fitbit Charge 5. And of course, there's the Aura Ring that people can use, but I was in an instant gratification type of mood. And plus, the Fitbit was $120 compared to Aura Ring's $300-something or whatever. And Aura Ring has to send a size chart, whatever, whereas I could just drive down the road to Kohl's and get my Fitbit and start using it same day. And Kohl's did win in this case. Now, of course, again, there's going to be a little more accuracy with the Aura Ring, but it's not like we're getting nothing off the Fitbit. You can get something for sure. And when I started finally getting my scores back, because you have to wait several days to get the heart rate variability score and the readiness score, I found something really interesting. What I was finding is that my readiness score was trending pretty low, but what it would say is, more or less that I'm doing good with the rest that I was getting for the high level, quote high level, of activity that I was engaging in. And I was waking up with my girlfriend at this time, and we looked at this thing and I was kind of just laughing. And I think she knew exactly what I was getting at because I was thinking, high activity, this is just what I normally do. And so I'm someone clearly who lives, sleeps, eats, breathes, all this stuff with FDN and functional health. But I do have this side of a more entrepreneurial-minded, highly motivated type A person that just goes. And I do go kind of as hard as I can. And lately, I would say over the last six months to a year, you know, I've had some more like fatigue creeping in. Nothing major, certainly nothing compared to the past, but fatigue creeping in nonetheless. And I just felt like I wasn't as inspired as normal sometimes. Now, thankfully, my <laughs> even myself when I'm less inspired than normal is still doing pretty good. And I, I say it like this because I have people in my life that listen to this and might be surprised by some of these statements. Like, it looks like you're doing fine. Everything's okay. I'm not saying everything's bad. That's That's not what I'm arguing. I just feel like it's trending downwards, and I was confused about that, and so I did what I know to do. I ran some labs with FDN, and I found some cool things on there that maybe I'll share in another episode. It's not really important for right now, but the other thing that I did was I'm like, I wonder what will happen if I start tracking things, and then I could figure out how to optimize my sleep even further, do all this cool stuff, whatever, and sure enough, yeah, I have this low readiness score that's based on my, quote, high level of activity. And I really just found that amusing. I'm like, okay, so this Fitbit, for whatever that's worth to you, maybe that's worth nothing, considers me to be at a high level of activity when I'm just living my normal life. I need to change something, probably. Either I need to change the way that I'm going about my day-to-day -day stuff, because I think you can actually do quite a bit and be chill while you're doing it. Actually, someone who's mastered this, ironically, is the founder of FDN. Reed Davis does a ton in his day-to-day -day stuff, but it's kind of funny, and I look up to him for this, because when we're interacting, he just is 
he's staying calmer. His heart rate doesn't seem to be through the roof. He's not, you know, screaming and yelling and not in like a bad sense. Like I'm doing it in more of an excitability sense. He's just calm. He's level-headed and he's talking about what needs to be talked about and he can go from meeting to meeting. Well, if someone's able to stay calm and level-headed, of course you're going to be able to do more in the day than someone who's like running around in these high energy bursts for hours and hours at a time. It's kind of interesting. You can be on the same meeting. You could be driving to the same place. You could be eating the same meal but one person could be in a more stressful state and one person could be in a relatively relaxed state and it really is dependent on us and the skills that we're applying are we doing the deep breathing are we doing the mindfulness some of the stuff's pretty simple and I think as someone who is obsessed with data and just objective measures of things when I saw this and maybe this sounds funny maybe it doesn't because I feel like so many people who listen to this podcast can relate to this when I saw the data on the Fitbit and I saw what it was saying about my body and my current status and how it validated my subjective experience, it just hits me completely different than how I feel. Like, I know I feel tired, but I didn't stop a damn thing, right? I just kind of keep pushing. And I'm not recommending this. I'm not trying to sound cool. It's nothing like that. It's just this is how I am. And I'm working on that just like anyone else would work on something that maybe they're not so great with. But to see the objective data with it that's saying, whoa, dude, you're doing too much. Again, that just has a completely different effect on me where I really understand, okay, something needs to change and something needs to be done differently. And the whole point of the podcast for today is this. I really want to encourage people to go out and get one of these things and look at the data. Now, we're not affiliated with any one particular thing. I don't care what you get. It seems, generally speaking, like the Fitbits are pretty solid um, options or the Aura Rings, especially if you want to wait for that, are very solid options. Probably the best um, overall for what we're talking about here would be the Aura Ring. But the point is, you just want something that's being consistently used so that you can understand your baseline. And I think when we are on a journey of functional healing and trying to maybe resolve chronic disease or whatever we're trying to do, I think we need that type of data. I think that's something that I really wish that I had when I was in the midst of my health crisis so that I could see clearer how a poor night's sleep affected me or how eating really late affected me or eating just different macronutrients before bed affected me. I wanted, I would have wanted to know all this stuff and I don't think it's a small thing. I don't think this is just some supplemental bonus of a cool watch or a cool ring that helps you two, three percent. I think if these are used intelligently, you're getting significantly more benefit than just a two or three percent increase. I think these are quite important things. I believe that our space has some hesitancy around recommending or using these things out of a fear of NNEMFs, which if you don't know, are just non-native electromagnetic frequencies. So basically people being afraid of wireless radiation and stuff like that. Do I think there's a reason to be skeptical of it? Absolutely. I mean, there are there is literature supporting this now, by the way. Um, all you have to do, there's an interesting uh, meta-analysis that was done on melatonin production and exposure to around, I think it was 50 or 60 hertz, which is not much. You're probably being exposed to that and a heck of a lot more right now, just so you know. If you don't know anything about um, the electromagnetic spectrum, just know that you're probably being exposed to that right now. I don't really know how you wouldn't be, and it's probably a lot more than that. And we know that that has an effect on melatonin production in both animals and humans. Obviously, we're animals. You know what I mean by that. Interesting stuff. So it's not tinfoil hat 
crap anymore. It's real. This is an actual thing. But where does the line get drawn? Because for me, the reason I don't have a fear around like the Fitbit and the Aura Ring and stuff, guys, we're bathing in this. I mean, unless you're living in some extremely remote area, you're camping all the time, or you're in one of those weird little towns. I think there's, oh, what is it called? Mm, it's in West Virginia. It might be Green something, Greenville. But anyway, it's a place where there's actually literally almost no non-native electromagnetic frequencies because of this uh, telescope or something. Uh, don't quote me on any of that. Uh, all I have is there's a town in West Virginia that has very low EN, um, EMFs due to some type of thing that our country uses there. <laughs> so that's about all I'll give you for sure. Look it up. It should come up pretty easily. I'll actually drop that town in the show notes after this episode. Why not? I always forget that I can do that. It's not like I'm talking live. You know what I mean? So with that said... We are in this stuff all the time. I mean, if you live in a townhome, if you live in a development that's near other houses, if your family members have cell phones, if you have a cell phone, our modern world exposes us to electromagnetic frequencies. I mean, God forbid if you live in a city. So I understand mitigating things. I understand trying to use as little as possible, but is a Fitbit really the number one thing we need to be worrying about and don't the pros have the potential to greatly outweigh the cons if we're able to accurately or at least somewhat accurately track our sleep and our heart rate variability and for those that don't know not to go off on a side note here but this is still important to the overall podcast heart rate variability the hrv this is a huge marker for health guys this is the measurement of time in between heartbeats and you can figure out a lot about someone's level of stress based on their HRV. I remember when I was in California in 2017. This is actually when I was learning about FDN. I hadn't been to the coffee shop yet, if you guys have heard that story. Uh, when I was in the coffee shop, I met Jen Maleka. But um, she's an FDN. But uh, I went to this chiropractor's office there. And I started using chiropractic medicine for the first time. I was doing that while I was out there. And I got this scan. They did a bunch of different things, but one of the things that it measured was HRV. And it was like decent when I first came in, but it wasn't perfect. And it was actually worse significantly when I left California. And these guys were so confused. They didn't tell me what happened at first, but they brought me in for a second scan because they thought their machine messed up. And then once they saw it that way again, they literally said to me like, hey, uh, is there anything going on? And I said, obviously, well, I've kind of been working night shift the whole time I've been here, seven days a week. And yeah, I feel like crap. So they said, oh, okay, the machine's not broken. Yeah, you're you're messing up with that. You need to stop doing that immediately. <laughs> um, and so I actually, it was one of the things that inspired me to go back to Pennsylvania quicker than we had originally planned because it was just getting a little ridiculous in, in multiple ways financially and with the idea of like I'm literally destroying my health when I came out here to be healthier that just seemed kind of silly I got FDN I figured out what I needed to figure out go do it right go study with that said HRV the sleep cycles all this stuff how can you tell me that that doesn't outweigh the pros of having that data doesn't outweigh the cons of the EMF exposure that the Fitbit's giving us when we are bathing in this stuff all day. If you are listening to this podcast right now, you are bathing in EMFs. <laughs> so I think 
my opinion and view on this has changed over time a little bit. And it's not a sense of defeatism, right? Because in a perfect world, yes, I would say we don't have any non-native electromagnetic frequencies. But folks, they're here. And I do think there's things that we can do. I live in a uh, suburban area that's almost getting a little bit rural. Rural's not too far from here. And not like Montana rural, but certainly not a normal suburb either. This is what I'm thinking. Do EMFs have an effect? Yes. Are they great for our health? No. But if it was so bad that this was just the worst thing ever to happen, craziest thing in the world, wouldn't the people that live in Philadelphia an hour away from me, I mean, wouldn't they be like dropping dead? They have thousands of houses in such a close vicinity there's cell towers, there's telephone poles, everyone's got a cell phone, all the houses have a router, there's big skyscrapers with all this crap, there's cars passing all the time with technology in them. I mean, I'm not saying people in the city are particularly healthy, and I don't mean to generalize so greatly there, but there are studies showing that there are actually higher rates of like mental health issues and certain physical health issues in cities, that is validated. So I'm not discrediting it, but it's not a significant enough margin to correlate with the additional EMF exposure that they're getting. I mean, there has to be something here that we're missing. I, I don't think this is something to completely fear. I know 5G just got rolled out in the USA and, uh, well, became active more or less, not rolled out, I should say. And so we'll see what that does. I'm, I'm not pretending to know what that does. Maybe there's consequences there that were unintended and, or, well, who knows, right? Um, maybe there's consequences there for that specific technology. I don't know that yet. I'm just saying, prior to the 5G thing, I can say this pretty confidently, if it was so, so bad, how the heck could anyone live in a city and not be like dropping dead? But yet we have plenty of people in the suburbs like myself who have dealt with chronic illness. I will tell you that. I grew up in my parents' house. My parents' house was on three and a half acres surrounded by farmland that the farmer owned. We had one house, I don't know, 800 feet up the driveway. Another house probably 1,500 feet away in the back and maybe another house, like through trees, by the way, this is all through forest, um, another 2,000 feet away and then another maybe 1,500 feet away in those four corners. We are isolated. I cannot pick up another router if I'm at my parents' house. I can only see their router. And yet I was still sick as a dog. So there's other aspects to health other than just the EMF thing. And I was someone who lived in, comparatively speaking, a very low non-native emf environment compared to someone in the city of philadelphia and again still plenty sick i think there's more to that so let's let's use our heads there and focus on what we can get from this if you are able to see how what you're doing on a daily basis or not doing is affecting your sleep your heart rate variability and having a readiness score so you know how intently uh, intensely to go exercise that day or if you need to rest a little more i I genuinely believe that the pros of that significantly outweigh the cons of getting a little more EMFs on your wrist when we are, again, bathing in this stuff 24-7. I don't know. Just something to think about. I'll also put the disclaimer on that that I'm fully aware I could be off the mark with this one. I could be completely wrong. I, I just, I don't think I am. And even if I am, I mean, I can't imagine, is this really something to worry about? 
What are we going to do? We're going to stress about all the EMFs out there. It just seems paranoid unless we're someone that's so hypersensitive that we need to get away from it right now. Uh, one, if that's the case, I'm very sorry for that. But two, I also get that you need to do your thing. But for the rest of us, man, I mean, it's here. Fight it when you can. Let's not let them just roll out anything that they want at any time. But we have been living in this for many, many years now. And here we are. And some people are still healing. We know that for a fact because we interview them all the time. So I think there's more to it than that. I'll get off my soapbox with it. I would highly recommend though, bottom line of this whole podcast, figure out something that resonates with you. Maybe you want to wear something on um, a finger that's just easier. Get the aura ring. Maybe you want that instant gratification and you don't mind wearing something on your wrist. Cool Fitbit or whatever else is out there. Uh, Do your research, but get one of those things and really figure out what's working for you. And if someone wants a challenge, I have one for you here. And I'm going to be doing this with my girlfriend soon, but I would love to see what you guys do. And if you do this, please message me on our Podbean. Drop a comment there. I'll shout you out. So the Health Detective Podcast on Podbean, just comment there. I would love to know what happens to someone's sleep if they have the Fitbit on. They got to obviously have to wear this every day or whatever. The aura ring doesn't matter. You have to wear this every day. And if you are not someone who currently catches sunrise with your bare eyes, I would love to see what happens on one of these trackers if you catch sunrise for 30 days straight with bare eyes, no sunglasses, no prescription glasses, no contacts for 30 minutes each day, even when it's raining, still facing east and uh, looking in that general direction. That's what I would like to know. If someone's up for that challenge, shoot me a comment. And again, we'll definitely make sure to get you shouted out here. But with that said, I think the overall point of this podcast is clear. Use one of these trackers. Don't be scared of them because the pros almost certainly greatly outweigh the cons. And then listen to it. Because sometimes, apparently, I can speak for myself, our subjective feelings, we might underplay those. But then when we get the objective data too to validate those subjective feelings, then we are like, okay, maybe I need to do something a little differently here. So I hope that helps you guys. I hope that gets you thinking. And if you like the information that we're sharing here, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. If you would do that, we would love you even more than we already do. Take care and I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Health Detective Podcast. If you were finally ready to work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.